Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slam Fire Radio for June 4th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Kelly Lynn. I'm Adriel. <laughs> I'm Trevor. And I'm Random Dave. And this and is... I'm Gallon. I'm back again. <laughs> I made the mistake of thinking I had to cue Gallon. I know better. I don't know Gallon. I'm sorry. I, sh- I should know you're practically a professional at this now. He is. He's it got looks, a mute button and everything. Look at that setup. It's the trick. Yeah. You get the mute button. Street cred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a quiet mute button too. Press it. It is. Yeah, you don't hear the click click in the line. Yeah. Well only the finest here. We've got a lot of people on tonight, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna get quickly into what we did in guns. What episode yes. are we on? Oh. Um yeah. You know what? No freaking idea. What are we on? Three fifty seven magnum. magnum. Yeah. Oh, we're on three fifty seven magnum. Hello. Last week was nine millimeter. This week is three fifty seven magnum. Oh, yeah, that's right. I put a blurb in there and everything. Lead host should read it. Well, I didn't have my op- my uh, show notes up until there. Why would you? You're only the lead host. <laughs> I wasn't up until two minutes ago. Yeah, you were, <laughs> no, and he tried to give it away. He screwed it up. Then, okay, you know what? It up, so. Yeah. 357 Magnum, hey? It's a cartridge or something? Magnum. Shoot it. Yeah. You got one of those, Trevor. So, do you guys, so you guys uh, all got... Yeah. Let's see your 357 Magnums. <laughs> It's kind of kind of a personal thing to say, isn't it? Well, yeah, I like three fifty seven because but... you can shoot thirty eight. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can wait. I got a bunch of brass for sale because I uh, I'm selling this thing. This All is right. an ori- this is an original six eighty six from back in the eighties when they first came out. When you open it up, you look at the model number inside. It usually says six eighty six dash something. No dash on this one. It's old school badassery original. <laughs> I had one of those with a long barrel. Yeah. This is the minimum Canadian length. Mm. Uh, The 357 Magnum uh, was invented by Elmer Keith, by the way, the same guy who invented the 44 Magnum. And was generally an awesome guy. If you don't know, know, but Elmer Keith. Do you want to be the show host? Lead host? Just ask him. Yeah, sure. Okay. (laughs) I got to go and make a suit. Bye. Enjoy. So that's my 357 Magnum. It's a and rifle. Yeah. It, it, thank it's you, a, Trevor. It's a military-style so, assault rifle. I'm so glad you're here. Why don't you join the RCMP and declare this to be an AR-15 <laughs> variant? Because <laughs> it's got a magazine and stuff. Yep. Yeah, so this it is does. a buddy of mine died a couple years ago, and I bought this off him just before he passed away. And um, it's, uh, it's a little Marlin, and it's 357, and I discovered... I can't remember how many rounds fit in the magazine, but if you push really, really hard, you can actually stick another one in there, and then the entire gun is screwed until you disassemble it. Yes, I think that happened at some kind of competition or something, didn't it? It did. It was my. I decided I was going to shoot one of my vintage CQB matches, and I decided to shoot this, and I should have just stuck with not this. 
I love those. I wanted guy. one. Uh, I've never been able to figure it out to get one. Either when one comes up, I don't have the money or well, it's always bad timing, but I've always wanted one. Not necessarily the Marlin, but. Um, I rather, and, uh, I rather like the Marlin. It's I've had a few of them. I had a 44 back in the day and the 44 was a blast, man. That thing just destroyed paint cans and deer. Yeah. Uh, the more I'm into this, the more of an appreciation I've developed for the Marlin lever action rifles, actually. I've worked on both Winchesters and Marlins at the shop, and the Marlin is superior. The, I think it's 36, Marlin 36. Mm-hmm. And, 336. Uh, 336, there you go. Yep. And those will take uh, and cycle 38 specials as well, won't they, Dave? It will, yeah. Cool. Yeah, this guy's an 1894 CS, and there's a reason they've been making them for that long, because they work really well. And I was actually very surprised with the lever gun when I took it apart, because I, you kind of look at the way they work and stuff, and they look like they're super complicated. And you take them apart, and they're really not that complicated. It's pretty simple. Unlike the 94. Yeah. Um, anybody yeah. else have a uh, 357 gun they want to show before I uh, cover this little blurb here about 357 Magnum? I don't know. I, I, I prefer modern firearms, so I don't really All know. All right, then just be quiet. Sit know. there. So the 357 <clears throat> Smith & Wesson Magnum, or the 9x33MMR, or simply 357 Magnum, obviously a smokeless powder cartridge, the 357-inch or 9.07-millimeter bullet diameter, was created, as I said, by Elmer Keith and somebody by the name of Philip B. Sharp. And Douglas B. Wesson. Hmm, what Wesson could that be? B. Sharp, really? Yeah, B. Sharp, yeah. B. Sharp and B. Wesson. Of uh, the firearms manufacturer Smith & Wesson and Winchester. It's based on the Smith & Wesson's earlier 38 special cartridge. The 357 Magnum cartridge was introduced in 34. And uh, it uses, it has been used since, um, it has since become widespread. Geez, yeah. Uh, the cartridge started uh, the Magnum era of handgun ammunition. At the time, it was the most powerful handgun in the world and could blow your head clean off. Not really, but it's uh, a lucky it, punk. Yeah, it was when it was out. It was the most powerful handgun cartridge uh, available. And uh, Patton, General Patton, carried a single shot or single action uh, 357 Magnum in a holster during the war. Good for him. So, yeah, Let's... and several divisions of infantry and armor. <laughs> yes, he also carried those as well. Those were slightly <laughs> more effective. Um, what we did this week in guns is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. And this week they have Winchester Wildcat 22s on for 379 Canadian pesos. They're an interesting little rifle, synthetic stock, kind of skeletonized. It's not a pistol grip, but it's really it's got a lot of angle there on that uh, on that grip, kind of very similar to the angle of a Pitcher and Magpul X22 stock. Kind of has that kind of ergonomics to the grip. It's got an integrated rail on the receiver and uh, a version of like tech sights or peep sights. Anyway, it's a neat neat 22 from Winchester and super cheap. Super light too. Like these oh, these are these are really lightweight. We got two different prices here. You got three seventy nine in the notes and three oh nine on CGN. So I'm going to go with the three oh nine because it's, it's more better. Three oh nine. That's a really good yeah, price. Yeah. I mean, Have you like one of these things, Adrian. What's that? 
have you uh, reviewed one of these things or messed with one of them? No, but I think I should because at three oh nine, that's like really affordable. Yeah, why not? Yeah, it really is four it pounds like a... zero ounces. Check that weight out. That is that's excellent. Nothing. Yep, yep. That's cool. Uh, magazine, magazine. Um, what's the magazine story on this thing? Uh, I thought it's like a ten round rotary. Ten round rotary detachable. It's cool. like a 1022, like uh, very much like a 1022, but uh, but Ala Winchester, but Ala Winchester, lightweight, correct, better bolt. Correct me bit. if I'm wrong. You're but wrong. The, uh, I believe they take 1022 magazines, but if you use the Winchester branded magazines, the uh, the box Look stop back. works. Right. Last, last round holds open. Yeah, that's cool. But I believe they will function with the standard Ruger magazine. Cool. Might be wrong. That's cool. Um, gallon. Uh, typically, I'm at the top of the list for what we do this week in guns because I take a long time. But you're the guest uh, guest host this week, so why don't you go first and tell us what you've been up to recently? You, uh, I know something pretty exciting that you did. Three of you on on what what night was it, Gallon? They sent me that picture. Monday, uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday night. I think three it was of, Tuesday got, night. Three of you were successful. So go ahead, tell us what you've been up to. Uh, Tuesday night, I uh, shot my bear, uh, spring bear season here in New Brunswick, and I've been working at that for know, a couple of weeks now. I started with one bait, and I left it out about five days, and there's absolutely nothing on it. Like, I mean, the food just sat there with squirrels picking at it, so then I moved to another spot. I was kind of scouting around at dark, and I kept moving further and further and further down the road, just looking for that right spot where I can get in a tree stand. I can see pretty good. Yeah, I found a spot. I had bears on it in like two days, like two big smashers, but they were wet sows. They had cubs. So uh, I started sitting out on Friday, I believe, and I passed up on a little bear two or three times. He came out, but he was like, like literally like a hundred pound bears, like the size of a big dog. And uh, I kept waiting. And then Monday, I didn't see anything. I was out Monday morning. I was out Monday night. There's nothing at all moving in the woods. Uh, I think the wind just wasn't playing in my favor. And then Tuesday, I went out and I sat down at about 6 o'clock. And by about 6.45, the bear came in and I made the shot. Uh, first time it ever happened, uh, gun recoiled and got me right oh, in the no. nose. Yeah, I was seeing some stars, oh, but bite. it's the way my crappy stand was set up because I had moved it. I built it for one location, Ow. moved it to the other. So where I was sitting, the tree is literally right in front of me. So when I took a seated position, my knees were up under my nose. And to get that correct eye relief on the scope, the stock was literally over my shoulder. I thought I was hanging on tight enough, and that vicious 308 came back and just beat the crap out of me like i had blood all over my face this has never happened in my life i'm lucky i wasn't shooting a real caliber i would have been knocked out of the tree and the bear would have ate me was this your hog hunter yeah this was the uh savage hog hunter you guys worked on it weighs 15 pounds right i could have been knocked out yep so then i come back my face is all bloody because we were doing union negotiations at work so i'm on the team for that so I get back and they're like, where are you? I was like bear hunting and my face is all messed up. And like my eyes starting to get dark. And guys like, just, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. That is a good way to open to negotiations, Galen. I like that. But uh, it was a nice bear. I'll text Adriel the photo if he wants to put it up on his screen. Cause I don't know how to do that. 
And besides that, I've been doing a bit of shooting. I just joined the range in Baktouche. My range is still closed. We live in the middle of nowhere, but the range executive is really fuddish. So as soon as the uh, the, the the Rona started, they shut her down. Right, Your range is no fuddish. order from the government, nothing. They just yeah. shut her down. So then we That's asked fuddish. about them reopening because the rest of the province is reopening now. And uh, they said, no, we're waiting for direction from the government to reopen the range. They're not going to give you direction because they didn't tell you to close. Right. They never told you to close the range. They're not going to give you direction to open it. So I went and joined Baktouche. They have a 500-meter range there. I've been enjoying it immensely. I can outdo your fuddiness. The Miramichi Club sent an email to its members saying that shotguns were prohibited. Why? They they were. Good question. Why? I think they're oh, all they're they're helping their prohibited to use on my range as well. No, no, no. They're saying that they're all the shotguns are prohibited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going with that twenty millimeter foolishness. Mm-hmm. Anything else, Gallon? Speaking of prohibited, guess yep. guess what I got? What I got a letter saying that I might have some prohibited guns in the mail. Yeah. So I would encourage everybody to write a personalized message on it. And you can send this to any member of parliament, especially Bill Blair, for free. Just Google the address. It's free. Put it in an envelope. Send it to him. Mm. Yep. I'm not going to encourage anything childish or so insulting. It's not free. Anything that's free, someone else is paying for. So it's not free. Your tax dollars, my tax dollars are going to are going to pay to send this back. So not only did the government waste over $2 million to mail us these letters, now you're encouraging gun owners to waste more tax dollars to send them back at a net effect of nothing. Is that, do I understand that correctly? Correct. Okay, good. Just wanted to be 100%. sure. 100%. Okay, let's waste more but money. But we get to let out a little steam and be childish and waste a little bit of money, right? I didn't get the loan a send them a dick pic. That's free to too. Just, so I'm just entitled to... Send I them a dick those. pic, you little... Stack of buttons on a bare rug, right? Ten dollars. Yeah, that costs real money. Yeah, ten bucks. <laughs> it's a dollar an inch. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? So U.S. or Canadian? No, no. That's all I got going on. All right, cool. Uh, I had a pretty good week, gun wise. Um, I got out with other Trevor to help him recover his bear. He. Uh, Popped it with a 30 out six and double lunged it, dropped right where it stood. Um, medium ish boar, um, probably a couple of years old. I'm looking forward to eating it. This should be fun and tasty. And um, my latest uh, prohibited weight, no, they're not prohibited because you can still buy them. Uh, my latest firearm arrived from the Calgary Shooting Center. If you don't shop there, you are a communist. So this is the 590 Retrograde. It's very similar to the style of shotgun that I made when I restored a 870 wing chest, 870 Wingmaster to make it look like a police clone. I did that last winter, the winter before. So it's kind of the same idea as that uh, 870 police shotgun, but this is the Mossberg version. So it's 590. Um, Two, two things. It's not an A1. The A1 has the aluminum trigger guard. This is just a regular 590, so it has a plastic trigger guard. Saw a couple of different versions of this online. This is the version I was hoping for. I saw, actually saw a version of this with sights, and I saw a version of this with uh, a heat shield. I didn't want any of that. I wanted that old-school police shotgun look, and this absolutely has that. It's got a short 
18 and a half barrel. The magazine tube goes almost all the way to the barrel. Um, just a gold bead on the front and wooden furniture, dark, dark stain on it. Some stippling on the uh, Looks grip. black in the video. Yeah, it's but dark. it's not. It's just like a really, really dark. Yeah. I don't know if that lighting changes it still look black. Anyway, it's, brown, it's not black. But yeah. But it's super dark, but still looks still it's still wood. You can still see the grain. Um cylinder bore, but the eight but the five ninety barrels are super easy to thread for for chokes, either rem chokes or Mossberg chokes. I'll do rem chokes because I have rem chokes and rem chokes you can just walk into a cane tire and walk out with them. So um it's two and three quarter or three inch. The barrel is uh, 18 and a half. Um, it's lightweight, right? There's nothing to it. I really, really like it. It's ex everything I hoped it would be. It's a cool retro looking shotgun. Um, I like it. The other thing was um, Phoenix, the um, company that produces my production optics pistol, the Phoenix Redback that uh, I got from the Calgary Shooting Center sent me a care package. They sent me these really nice aluminum blue anodized grips to put on the gun. My magazines have blue aluminum anodized bumpers on the bottom, so that's going to kind of look pretty cool. Uh, blue is my favorite color, so I got blue accents now on the gun. Um, and I got this sweet Phoenix team shirt. It says official team across the frontier, the Ipsic logo on top. That's a Swiss flag on one side, the uh, URL on the other arm, and then you've got uh, Phoenix uh, uncompromising quality this logo on the front. Um, it's got a cool flame because, you know, Phoenix rising up out of the flame uh, or the ashes. And so the flame is in full effect on the shirt to represent the Phoenix. And um, yeah, man. Excited to have the Phoenix team shirt, and I've got two matches coming up, one in June and one in July, so I'm really looking forward to getting out and getting my Ipsic game on. And uh, that's all I did. I uh, put the grips on the gun tonight before the show. Um, yeah. What about you, Adriel? What did you get up to? Uh, I ordered a Winchester Wildcat 22. Uh, just now. Oh boy. And, I love uh, when we buy shows <laughs> or while we buy guns during the show. <laughs> and uh, I need some more 1022 mags, so I'm probably going to order some of those and I don't know, a bunch of other like random stuff. Uh, Gotenda had some had the sale on that Winchester aluminum ammo for $3.99 for 2000 So I'm going to order one of those or 2000 of those, whichever one you want to call it. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's all I might go out to the range this weekend. Really what I got to do is start emailing out and, and getting the coronavirus maple seeds rolling because, uh, there's a bunch of like additional restrictions and a bunch of, uh, uh, extra logistics I'm going to have to handle with, uh, with regards to that. Um, having cleaning products on hand, uh, prepackaging a bunch of stuff, uh, so that we don't have to like touch a bunch of stuff and, you know, pass a bunch of stuff back and forth. So I'm going to try to do as much of that stuff uh, as possible before uh, having to head out. Uh, my local three gun uh, club is running a match. Is that this weekend or next, next weekend, next weekend. 
I haven't signed up. I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. I might. I might. I don't know. I got enough do with uh, with two maple seeds this month and uh, and whatnot. But I still have the guns for it. Like I could I could do a a three gun match without like without too much difficulty. I've got enough stuff that I could uh, I could just run it. Uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, I'm gonna shoot some more 22s. So Winchester Wildcat on the way. I guess like I should sell a couple of 22s. Still got a Mossberg Plinkster. I had been holding off gun sales uh, for a little bit because right now, in order to mail a gun, you have to mail it. What's the one? Age verification? Some stupid thing because they don't do signature verification. So you have to give them some other thing to do and they'll do you that. You know the way around this? What's that? There's a way around this, Adriel. Uh, get the business. Have go? a business card. Yeah. yeah, just yeah. all you got to do is walk up, give that number, and you're good. That's it. No more questions asked. But I still need them to do something on the other end so they don't just like drop a gun on someone's doorstep and walk away. Why not? They've been doing that for a decade. Yeah. I guess that's the <laughs> other That's the other thing yeah. to uh, think about is just to not worry about it and just mail it, and it'll probably be fine. And if someone uh, steals it, if someone steals it. I had an AR sitting on my doorstep for three days when I was away. No signature required because, uh, well, there supposed, was supposed to be a signature. It said signature, but mm-hmm. yeah, there was no signature. So yeah. luckily the package was still there. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's about all I was up to uh, this week. Dave? Uh, Trevor, Andrew Mason is wondering what that shotgun cost you. Um. What it costs me and what it costs Andrew is not the same number. <laughs> What's retail on it? I don't know. It was like somewhere between seven and eight hundred dollars, let's say. So go Google that, Andrew. Is what? No, Trevor don't Google saying. it. Go go to the Calgary Shooting Center website we'll and go to look Calgary it up. Shooting Center. Okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, I I think it was north of seven fifty. If you're going for the authentic police look, you should shear the bead off it because they always tear off coming out of the rack. <laughs> <laughs> and you need to go test it out on your local fire hall too. Just make sure. Oh Jesus! Oh. Maybe butt stroke someone who's uh, who's not paying low, attention. <laughs> what do you mean that's low? Isn't that like the official testing range for police firearms these days? Just ask. No, no, that's that was a horrible case of friendly fire during a goddamn shit show. <laughs> And the boys were doing yes, the best was. thing they could at the time. I know. Missing. I'm not going to mock them. Missing. <laughs> that was the yeah, best thing God, they could thank do. Thank God they're bad shots. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I'd like to see how you perform in there, that situation. Probably terribly. I play there baseball. There you go. A lot of so glass houses and shit. So. Yeah, but yeah. it's not a mess. I know they were doing their very best. Anyway, what have I been up to in guns? I donated 100 bucks to the CCFR. So, you know see you in court uh tracy wilson is my hero even more than usual because she responded to one of bill blair's announcements with see you in court and she got way more likes on that than bill blair got on his uh, original comment so that was absolutely hilarious uh gotta sign up guelph uh andrew vincent is running some uh service pistol nsc style pistol uh, matches at guelph so i've got to go sign up for some of them and did some gardening and did a sort of plotting with communications around the gun ban and sort of what organizations are going to do. 
Uh, Aurelia Gun Club is reopening under very limited circumstances. I was going to go shooting, but I'm an hour and a couple minutes away, and they only allow you to be there for an hour and 15 minutes. So it's really not worth a two and a half hour drive to go shoot for an hour. So yeah. I'm not going to bother with that. But the club is at least open. And the ORA, we're still waiting to hear for from the military on when we can get back on the ranges. Nothing from them yet. Kelly, what have you been up to in guns? I'm cooking chicken. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let me share Gallon's picture of his bear here. Uh, that guy right there. There is Gallon and his bear. Oh, nice. You can't see with the brim of that. The brim of the hat is covering up your your massive face wound there very well. Mm. Yeah, covering up my wounds. Did you get a did you get a weight on him, Gal? No, I don't have a scale. I'm really bad at estimating. I'm like 170 pounds, so he weighs more than me. Fair right, enough. What do you want? Yeah, he's over 200 pounds, I'd say. He's yeah, for sure. It was a it was a sow. It's a dry sow. Okay, and she, uh, it's a good size sow then. Yeah, she was about five feet five inches i think i measured her at but like yeah. her head and her i was neck just gonna say look at look huge. at her head her head is so you look at the ears right apparently the ears stop growing very early and the bigger the bear the farther apart the ears are because the head keeps growing but the ears don't so the ears spread far apart and so when you're trying to um estimate the size of a bear when you're up a tree that's one of the things i was taught to look at how far apart are those ears yeah, that's cool. And that bear's ears are quite far apart. So yeah, good. she's a good bear. bear. There's two others hanging around. There's a really nice one with a white V, but she's got a cub, so you can't touch that till fall, right? Yeah. But uh, come fall, she'll just be bigger. Yeah, yeah true enough. Cool. Calgary Shooting Center's in the Facebook. Hey, I bought a rifle off you guys. Can you just slip that in the mail? <laughs> awesome all right cool um let's move into upcoming events and we have a new sponsor for upcoming events the upcoming events section is sponsored by telos alpha telos alpha is a canadian digital agency that works exclusively in the firearms vertical they help them with business processes strategic planning websites e-commerce and battling the stigma the industry industry carries with banks merchant processors and social media their mission statement, empower and enable our clients to grow, thrive, and ascend to the maximum contribution in the firearms industry. Underscores everything they do. They are firearms enthusiasts and understand firearms culture. They hold open webinars to help any firearms business get the edge and succeed and are involved in the industry at all levels. They are committed to the success and growth of the firearms community, culture, and lifestyle in Canada and the United States. Learn more at telosalpha.com. Under upcoming events, we have the 5th Annual Ronnie DeGroote Memorial Steel Challenge, which was supposed to be Saturday, but is now the 4th of July. Open uh, Registration is now open on practice score. costs $25. The uh, rules we follow are based on the USPSA Steel Challenge rules and stages. The stages are nearly identical with the exception some of them are not quite as long as they should be because of rangeability. We make them fit the bay that works best for me you know, as far as logistics and planning and building. We're only going to run seven stages this year instead of eight. There will be seven squads of 10 people. Cost is 25 bucks. There, last I checked, there was um, there's 70 spots, and last I checked, there was 23 people registered. So there's still lots of uh, 
lots of room. Um, like Adriel said, there are certain things we have to do. Mostly um, what we're going to do is we're going to forego any um, range orientation, welcome meeting, any of that stuff. You're going to get your squad and your starting bay in an email the night before. Get out your car, grab your kit, go straight to where you're starting. There'll be a safety table. Gun up there and carry on. You don't go into the next bay until that squad has left. So we can keep it at 10 per bay per group. News. No, um, you know, it would be a good mm -hmm. idea for that is to pre-record like a five-minute video mm -hmm. and just put it up in YouTube and then send a link when you email Let them me all. know when it's ready and I'll be sure to share it, okay? Because that sounds like something that I don't give a fuck about <laughs> and I'm not going to do. So there's that. <laughs> Any news? Sure. Yeah. Cool. What do you got? Uh, there was a tip that, uh, uh, this is a, a new one that we hadn't discussed before, but in 2011, there was a tip to the, uh, RCMP that that Nova Scotia gunman wanted to kill a cop. And that was apparently purged from the records at some point, which it sounds like it makes sense because can't keep the stuff on record forever. But, um, again, when, when this first came out, one of the things that we were talking about was that there would have been red flags and, uh, maybe no one raised red flags to the RCMP. It appears that there were red flags and they were raised to the RCMP multiple times. Uh, cool. Any other I say there items? was a post from CBC today on that as well that they finally said, oh yeah, he all five of his firearms were illegally acquired. Yeah, three of them nope. were smuggled in from the US. One of them was from some estate that he was uh, that he was that was taken care of, and apparently he got a gun from some estate. And uh, and the other one was the RCMP members firearm. It's oh, not really a lot state of loophole. Yeah. Uh, there kind of is, isn't there? Like, can't there you is, take actually. you can take possession of a firearm when you're taking some care of someone's estate, even without a pal? Yeah, if you're the executor of an estate, you are allowed to be in possession of firearms. I bought a collection from an executor, and I got there, and they were all on a bed under a duvet, not a trigger lock in sight. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, they didn't tell me I had to lock anything. So they know you don't have a firearms license. They know you're in possession, but they didn't coach you through safe storage. No, I didn't know these had to be locked. <sighs> yeah. Less I, and less you can actually I. possess prohibs too, right? It's whatever firearms they yeah. had as the executor. So that just kind Correct. of puts lie to the entire prohibited firearms deal. Yeah, it's all it's all magic and yeah. unicorn farts. It doesn't matter. Nice. Yeah, mm. indeed. Okay. Uh, all right. Speaking of stuff that doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> man, you're in some mood today. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. one thing like a, a lot of people in Alberta are bragging that Alberta is going to appoint their own CFO, like they're the first ones to do it. Like Ontario already, makes the CFO. Yeah the top cop or, you know, a member of the RCMP, but in other jurisdictions across the country, the CFO is just a career bureaucrat that's appointed by public safety of that province. Yeah. And if you don't opt to appoint one, one will be appointed to, for you, mm -hmm. but you could appoint one yourself the whole time. That was always an option. Yeah. We also have a, a, a new Brunswick firearms advisory committee and we've had for decades. You do? Yep. We've talked about it on this show. We've interviewed the president of the New Brunswick Firearms Advisory Committee a couple of times on this show, and they advise the minister. And then the minister takes those recommendations to the CFO. That's the power they have in New Brunswick. 
and then they take those and then they do what they want. Do what they want because discretionary well, powers. But we've had we've had a good run of CFOs in New Brunswick, and we've got an excellent one right now. So um, we could be doing yeah. a lot worse. We're working within the system we have. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, Alberta's. We're going to have our own firearms advisory committee. The other thing that they mentioned. So the, the firearms advisory committee is made up of of people who actually know. Will what there be? About. Will there be victims groups represented? Because, you know, if you're shot by a firearm, you're all automatically a, an expert on nope. firearms. Nope, Wait, no, you're an expert on getting groups. shot. That's what you're an expert on. Yeah, no, we don't have any targets, human targets uh, represented in uh, the advisory committee. Um, psychologists? Pretty wide selection. How can you have a firearms advisory committee with a psychologist, Adriel? I don't understand. I don't even think they have anyone in gender studies. What? No. No. What? Where are these people not... supposed to work then? They took gender studies. Oh, that's not right. You that's need to do right your gender-based all. analysis to make sure that you know your firearms are are uh, are classified properly. How will the people in this committee know what pronouns to use? This that's is not true. fair. Just guess probably just a hate guess. crime just by. Oh no, no, Adriel. Oh, you just got us cut off Facebook, YouTube, and everywhere else. Way to go! <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are blaming you guys. I'll see you in court. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, they're doing their own advisory committee. Um, the other thing that they mentioned was that uh, the, Calgary, the Calgary police had been doing uh, their own firearms tracing and that the rest of the province wasn't. The rest of the province was using some centralized RCMP thing, and that was taking eight months. So they would send in a firearm to say, hey, can you trace this? Tell us what, what's up with this thing. It would take eight months. So they're bringing that in province, uh, which sounds very you, practical. What's that? Should just send them to you. It'd probably be quicker. <laughs> this is funny. What? I need to speak to Gallon for a second. I'm sorry, Adriel. Gallon, I just got a message from one of your exes. And just a friendly reminder, not to tell any stories. You want to talk prom- about her? No, do not talk about her. Because I promised her. I promised her if ever you talk about her, I have to tell her. And then she gets to cut your junk off or whatever. She don't even live in the province anymore. <laughs> she's got a car, man, and she knows how to find you. I just no, okay, move on, Adriel. Drive. She's just, a woman. Just a friendly reminder from one of Gallon's friends. <sighs> I was asking hey, for... <laughs> <laughs> really slipping on the deep, off the deep end here. Yeah, anyway, so we're messages. we're opening up our own uh, firearms, a provincial firearms tracing lab because the RCMP are doing such a terrible job at it, and it's so backed up. Eight months is ridiculous for a timeline to get a firearms traced. Um, I was kind of hoping for more. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we've got an advisory committee. Um, I don't think the liberals are going to listen to it very much because they don't have any seats out Still. here. There's literally, literally no political yeah, fallout care. from like completely ignoring Alberta. So I'm not sure how it's like supposed to influence do. things at the federal level. I'm glad we have it. Um, I was hoping that Kenny would do something else, uh, like some other incremental step kick the RCMP out and replace them with a provincial uh, police force, something that would get us closer to taking control of our own province a little bit more instead of, because he came in real hot. He came in saying, these are firearms that hunters are using and we don't, we don't need laws in Alberta that are dreamed up for Toronto problems. We need, we have our own, uh, our own thing going here. And then, um, he didn't do anything that would like counteract it very strongly. He did say that uh, he was considering jumping in on one of the lawsuits uh, against the, uh, the federal government, which would be interesting. Yes, that was probably the, the coolest thing that he announced so far. 
Like that's, that's huge. That's American talk right there. Federal government's messing with the second amendment. Well, guess what? This particular state is not going to follow it and we might see you in court over it. Like that's awesome. Yeah. I would yeah, rather see good. our province say, we're not going to follow it. Here's how we're going to kick the RCMP out and put our own police force in. And they're just not going to enforce this stuff. When PALS came into effect, the New Brunswick government must have been conservative at the time because our DNR publicly said, we ain't asking for a PAL in the woods. We'll enforce the Provincial Wildlife Act. Somebody else can enforce federal firearms laws. We just want to see a hunting license. Yeah, that sounds extreme. But I mean, like, look at uh, Vancouver uh, for the longest time had uh, uh, marijuana dispensaries operating <laughs> like carte blanche the police were like no we won't deal with it it's that's yes it's against the law but we're not going to do anything about it so like there it's it's not without merit that uh, uh municipalities or provinces choose not to enforce federal law when they don't like it that would be cool that'd be cool if that's the way we go in alberta here it's like yeah yeah i i, I hear you but we're not going to do any of that yeah, Sanctuary yeah you're creating like. problems that you want us to administer no well, and, and it's a it's a solution that doesn't it, that isn't supported here. Mm. It's not supported whatsoever, and nope. it's up to us. It's not a solution. It. Yeah, none of these gun no. bans are going to do anything problem. to prevent crime of any kind. So why are we doing them? Because we're politicians, and we always have to appear to be doing something, even if that something is actually a nothing. Yeah. Well, it's more than a nothing. I mean, you take you take all that money and all that time and all that effort and all that police resources and every other resource and put it towards something that's useless you've done worse than doing nothing you're actually True. causing harm we're less yes. safe yeah yeah take for i know 2.2 million dollars is is a drop in the bucket especially with the covid cash that's being thrown around but it, uh, the fact is there are 2.2 million license holders in canada and every one of them is getting a letter at about the cost of a buck a letter no no, way more. Those those aren't a dollar per. Those are those are some nice uh, brochures that they're sending around. That's All right. not a buck. Two. Mm, like that's know. insane. It's yeah. It's 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 gonna just be just send it back like that, like that. So, yeah, send it back. Gallon's answer is to waste more send money. That's that you can that I, I disagree option. with that. Why? Yeah, well, Why? send it back to the RCMP. Crank up the send cost. Crank up the cost. Burn it down. <laughs> Oh man, I want Yellowstone to erupt. Okay. <laughs> um, you want to do the range donation update, uh, Adriel? Is there something new in there? Uh, yeah, I mean the uh, uh, Rock Cutting Shooting Club. Uh, Ross Notter, 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 uh, donated a thousand dollars, and his club donated twenty five hundred to the CCFR and the yep. same to the NFA. And oh, the nice. Calgary Shooting Center just let us know on Facebook there that they sent in $5,000 to the CCFR's legal challenge. So that's cool, too. So I hope the other um, retailers in Canada are, are going to step up and match that. I hope it's kind of like a challenge that goes out. Um, Wolverine has donated Buku Bucks as well. So Calgary's on the board. Wolverine's on the board. Uh, I'd really like to see this list grow. So if you're a retailer or an employee at a retailer and you're listening and your shop has donated money to the challenge, please let us know so we can brag about the good work that you're doing. Send us an email. Let us know, please. New gun stuff, Adriel. 
what uh what's going on with this mra but they're teasing me all over instagram with these little like it's like an underboob pick it's like ooh, i see a little bit of something something there what's going on what's coming CG? what's next what is that thing what is that what is that show yeah. me more maple ridge Post armory uh, take my money <laughs> where do i send the money where do i send the empt uh, Maple Ridge Armory has been releasing little teaser images of their new straight pole that they uh, talked about on our show here a couple weeks ago. Um, so that's cool. And that's uh, something that's coming up. I mean, for people whose AR is in um, OIC prison, uh, take all the parts off that, put it on this thing, go play with it again. So that's cool. Speaking of things that you can play with uh, during this <laughs> yes. time. what? Uh, I run guns is uh, bringing in some Ruger American ranch. So the cool thing about this is that these take uh, an AR 15 mag and the seven, uh, that's the five, five, six version, seven, six, two by 39 version takes mini 30 mags, which is less interesting to me because they're only five rounds. Mm. Um, I, I prefer the AR mags. Uh, so if you have AR mags or if you wanted to shoot a three gun match and you had nothing compatible with it i guess you could use one of these stick a big old uh, mag we're talking there. about these for uh, for service rifle if yeah. uh, you can't can't dig up a semi-auto or can't afford a semi-auto then, a par? Hey. wouldn't a par be a better option than this a par would be a thousand bucks have you How much priced par? those pars no they're they're like they're getting close to two grand they're oh, ridiculous crazy. yeah wow yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're uh, they're definitely getting up there. Actually, I, I, have, I, I wish this was available about... not on the gray market because I'm not about the gray market, and I run guns as the gray market. Yes, yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, I had oh yeah, the one thing I uh, one other thing I just wanted to mention. Uh, so three gun. I was have I told you guys about the divisions that they're running? Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. So I've I've been talking to a lot of people, and some people are like, oh, so three guns dead right now, right? Um, and well, no, no, it's not dead. So how, how isn't it dead? And, and what are people using? Okay. So, uh, there still are semi-automatic firearms that people are using for their rifle, um, and shotguns. So they're still good to go on that. We still have open tack ops limited. Those are staying as is, um, still have ACRs, Tavors, all that kind of stuff. Um, but the other thing that we've done is add a, one more division for people who had an AR as their competition rifle and now are stuck with something that's not nearly as good. So not nearly was, as good would be something that's clip-fed semi-auto or box-fed bolt action. So we made a new division called Clipazine, where you could use a lever action in it. You'd be a little Woo-hoo. bit slow in that one. Adriel, I never thought I'd say this, but I think I would mm-hmm. go to Cowboy Action before doing that. Put up, pull on the assless chaps and uh, cosplay, give yourself a Wild West name. Have a question. And, yeah. Have you ever seen chaps with an ass? All, All chaps are chaps assless. Are assless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Trevor's right for once. Sounds, sounds like you're an expert in this. I don't know. Just is. chaps. Yeah. Because <laughs> if they're not assless, they're pants. They're pants. Leather pants. Yeah. I'm not an expert in lederhosen either. Anyways, uh, that's up. That's up to you. If you want to put on some uh, frilly leather jackets that have tassels on them, go ahead. But it's if you still want to shoot, shoot three gun, three gun with a bolt action. Or with an SKS or an M1 Garand. Now, now you have a division. Advice. Yeah, because a, 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 a clip-fed SKS, you could totally run that. You could run, run an M1 Garand. You could run one of those Ruger American ranches if you've got a whole bunch of 10-round magazines. You just have to work that bolt really fast. And the reason why is that, some again, some people, they had one competition at rifle, and that rifle is 
in jail now. And they, yeah. what else are they going to use? Is the XC Jesus XCR's toast? XCR's yeah. toast. Yeah. WC one eighty isn't the WC. Oh, the WK one eighty and the ACR are really but like again. the the ones that are that are still out there that are still good for yeah. something like this. If you had a Tavor or a T ninety seven, you could use those as well. Not as good, but still available. Again, this is just because this change was recent, and most people can't turn around on a dime and just have like another firearm in their safe to use. So we had to you offer know, something. I was looking at my stuff and I'm like, all of, all of my competition rifles got prohibited. All of them. Plus mm-hmm. my deer rifles. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of aft at the moment because yeah, I, I don't have thousands and thousands of dollars. And then I don't have thousands and thousands of hours to replace all the training time that I've put in on the, on the AR-15 platform. Yeah, I mean, I shot everything with AR-15s. So, I mean, the other the other option is to to rimfire, go rimfire on yeah. all this stuff, right? A rimfire yeah. action rifle. Yeah. Yep, agreed. Yeah. Um, okay, question from a listener just came in. They would like us to expand upon the gray market. Explain it a little bit. What is the gray market? Uh, I mean, there's official importers. Uh, that bring product in. You could think about like um, this. Let's this uh, this phone is from Singapore. I bought it off Amazon. I can't get support from Samsung here. If this thing craters, I don't have a warranty for it. Right. So uh, let me give another analogy that this person will be familiar with. Freedom Ventures is the importer, sole importer and distributor for Tamfoglio and STI in Canada. They have a record of every firearm they've imported in the country. So I run guns imports these guns somehow from somebody in the United States circumventing the official importer and sells it to you. So you, you, you've been waiting on a special order STI from Sean at Freedom Ventures for months and months and months and months and months. All of a sudden, I run guns has that gun for sale. So you're like, hey, what do I know? I don't care. The gun's a gun. Uh, he's got it. I've got money. I'm buying it. Okay. Don't look to Sean for support for that product because you circumvented the official recognized importer and um, kind of skipped your way to the head of the line and bought that gun without going through the, the um, exclusive importer, you get no support from the importer because you didn't buy from him or one of his dealers. That's the gray market. The gray market is when they circumvent the system that's in place of official importers and um, exclusive dealers or distributors rather. So then the question I would have on that is uh, if the gun is still under manufacturer warranty and they are the manufacturer warranty in the country, why would they not cover it? Because is the bill not just going back to the manufacturer? It it really depends on the firearm and the manufacturer. Some of them support regardless. Some of them will only support through their distributor channel that they bring in. So it really depends on the manufacturer. Uh, Interesting. And if the manufacturer warranty, like if I'm Sean Hansen at Freedom Ventures, I'm saying deal with I run guns. You bought it from them. Let them warranty it for you. So. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, so that's the gray market. All right. Where are we at next? Main topic. Main topic. All right. So, um, Gallon, 
you are the um, guest for the main topic, and I want to tell you I don't care. Um, I have absolutely no interest in this topic, and um, I think maybe you would talk this over with Kelly, but Kelly got mad at me and left or whatever, so um, anybody want to talk to Gallon about politics? Because I sure don't. All right, I'm just going to sum it up for everybody because Trevor go. doesn't want to talk about it. Uh, Trevor is so disinterested in this. I got a hold of him a couple of weeks ago, and I said, "Hey, no, we this isn't about me about or my level of interest. My show now. My show." So I got a hold of him a couple of weeks ago, and I said, Trevor, we should talk about the CPC leadership. And he's like, Ruger PCC stuck, and you're not that good. And a whole bunch of other guys are going to come out, and they're going to take you. Um, what are you talking about besides insulting it me? Was, it was like 5.30 in the morning. I hadn't had a coffee yet, and I read the text quickly. I thought so you were anyway, going on about getting on a PCC team again. No, here to talk politics. My show. Please be quiet. <laughs> Play with your gun. So uh, I've been following the leadership a little bit and I wanted to give my two cents on some of the candidates and I'm not representing any organization talking about this or anybody except me and Trevor. So uh, the, the four candidates right now, we have McKay and we've got uh, Flown and Lewis and uh, O'Neill. O'Toole. 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 So I watched all their CCFR town meetings today, and I've been following their platforms a bit and stuff, and uh, I'm really into Lewis, surprisingly. That's, I, I think that's uh, I wish you were. the one for us. So a lot of people around here, I live in the Maritimes, right? I'm in New Brunswick. A lot of people are rooting for Peter McKay. I think my personal two cents again, not representing any organization or anybody's opinion, but my own, I feel he's a red Tory. That's just how I feel. I don't like the guy, uh, Sloan, even the party doesn't want him running. They've literally, he's had to take them to court twice so he can run. Uh, Sloan had the best firearms platform. He wants to get rid of the restricted class of firearms and just have guns that are legal and guns that are not right. Everybody else was about the same. They want to adopt the simplified classification system, which is conservative policy. They're going to undo C-71 and the OIC. So I give everybody else, like, maybe a C, right? That The, 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 the simplified... We take a couple of steps back. The simplified uh, uh, ch change to the classification is a good idea. And that one will... It's a good idea. It will undo a lot of nonsense that has been happening for the last 10 years. And that's why they get a C and not a D, <laughs> right? I, yeah. I, I just feel like it's a common sense move, right? It, it's like scrapping the gun registry. That was awesome, but it, it was not a huge step forward. It's not like we suddenly started issuing permits to defend yourself or legalizing a whole classification of guns we didn't previously have access to or doing away with magazines. Those are step forwards to me. So everybody else, I give them a vote of C, but I understand that, you know, firearms aren't the only thing that they're running on. But uh, back, back to McKay, like I've had guys say to me like, Oh man, he can, you know, he can take Nova Scotia. He can turn it blue. Nova Scotia is like 15 seats federally. Who cares? Right. I, I'm not being a dick. 
Nobody gives a shit about Nova Scotia federally. They're not relevant. Nobody in the Maritimes is relevant in federal politics, right? It's Upper Canada. It's Toronto, Gatineau, Ottawa, Montreal. These are the areas that make or break elections for you. So uh, I like O'Toole. I think he's a no-nonsense guy. Uh, He runs in the Toronto area. But my big issue with... O'Toole and Lesser McKay is that how are they that different from Sheer, right? You might take the leadership. He's a popular candidate. I, I think O'Toole's a good guy. But as soon as he gets the leadership, all the media is going to ignore him, just like they did Sheer. They're going to find some soundbite from 30 years ago where he goes, yeah, personally, I don't like abortion or something. And they're going to just, you know, land base the guy over it. So it's not going to be any different than Sheer because he's a white Irish guy and nobody cares, right? This is where Lewis comes in, and I'm not going to be real PC about it. Like uh, she's a she's a woman of color, right? She's an immigrant. She was born in Haiti, I believe it was, or Jamaica, and uh, she's a lawyer. She runs her own firm in Toronto. Small business woman. Sorry about the dog barking in the background. I'm outside right now. Uh, she has a second degree in environmental science. And if you look at the platform, she's the most conservative of the bunch, like everybody else. And I mean, I'm not, again, not beating up on anybody, just giving my own two cents, everything I've read here, right? The media has gone around to the candidates and they go, hey, you know, Furlot, uh, are you going to march in the pride parade? Go, yeah, I'll put on a dress or whatever it takes. And then they go to the next guy and they're like, hey, you going to, how do you feel about that? And they're like, oh, I'll wear red high heels if I have to, right? And they're just trying to uh, appease to a voting demographic that typically doesn't vote conservative, right? If Peter McKay walks downtown Toronto wearing a dress and high heels. It's not going to change anything. These people still traditionally vote to the left, right? The NDP, the Liberals, the Green. So, uh, they went to Lewis and they said, are you going to march in the pride parade? Well, I haven't before, right? Nothing against those people. I haven't before. I'm not going to start now just because I'm, you know, running for the leadership and I'm sitting there going, yeah, like this is what I'm looking for a leader. But uh, for those demographics, I don't like identity politics. I think that's a pile of bullshit, but it's a reality, right? Here we have a woman who is a person of color, Right. It's a female and an immigrant. These are three really, really hard to tap demographics for the conservatives, right? It's traditionally spots that we don't do that well. And just because of who she is, she's going to attract that demographic. We're going to get in on those identity politics. I don't see how McKay or O'Toole or Sloan is going to tap in and appeal to women, people of color, or new Canadians, right? Leslin Lewis has that going for her. In addition to all that, she has that second degree in environmental science. So when Sox wants to talk about, you know, carbon taxes and everything else, she's not coming in with bullshit. She's actually educated on the subject. She can walk circles around this guy. She's the anti-Trudeau. She's a person of color, a woman, a new immigrant with a degree in the environment. And the most conservative of the bunch. Like, I want to see her run just so lefties' heads explode. So then some other people were saying to me, well, she ran and uh, she didn't win the last election, right? Well, she didn't get a lot of coverage. Obviously, the, the, the mainstream media works for the liberal government, right? They paid them $600 million last year of my money and your money. 
So they're going to toe the line for whoever's running for the liberals. But if we get the, the first real woman leadership running in the CPC, besides that disaster Campbell back in the 90s, right, that's going to turn some heads. They, they, you can't ignore it. It's going to happen, right? People are going to be looking at this. And a lot of the lefties are going to go, wait a minute. I have to vote for her. That's what they've been telling me for years. This person has value, right? And the well, liberals it, are really, it, really worried about it would help with um, a lot of a lot of arguments don't have any substance. Like last last time around, they brought they like got out a shovel and dug up abortion to talk about that as if that's been an issue for the last fifteen years here in Canada, which it hasn't. Um, and I think that if if you're from a, a couple of uh, groups that identify as minorities, you can uh, shield yourself a little bit from from those kinds of discussions. You can shield yourself from. Uh, sexism and racism uh, by being a female uh, person of color, so that would help. The other, like some of the other stuff you're mentioning, just not trying the same things over again, uh, uh, would help as well. I see um, McKay with was uh, got a photo op of drinking milk uh, for, to to show his uh, subservience to the Canadian milk lobby, which uh, is kind of a, uh, a stickler to, for me. But uh, that's what that's be, what paints him as a red Tory for me. Right. The uh, the the milk cartel, the su supply management. Is that a conservative idea that we're going to allow this group of overlords in Quebec to dominate the milk industry for the whole? Co There's nothing conservative about that. Right. Fuck the milk industry. No. I want to see a, no. I want to see a real conservative front. Right. More libertarian, then, more libertarian uh, person run would be my preference. But and then people talk you. about her political experience, which she has none because she had to emigrate here and hold you know on. start her law firm. Gallant, hold on. Sure. We elected a drama teacher. I don't yes. want to ever hear anyone talk about political experience. That's what a lot of the conservative detractors are going on, right? So my take on that is she's not a tit-sucking politician who's been in it the last 40 years, right? You get guys like McKay coming in going, oh, I'm going to change shit. You're in the government for 15 years. You ain't changing shit. You're in it What for did you do, right? Yeah, what did you do? Now we get somebody who comes along out of nowhere, and she wants to run, and she's going to buy all these demographics in, in, in Toronto and all upper right. Canada. I'm going to steer this the other way. Get on. It, we, sure. We know, we know who your preferred candidate is and why. Touch again and expand upon why the other ones are a bad choice. One okay. at a time. Pick one or, uh, I don't know if you've covered it yet, but what's her, what's her firearms policy? Or what's your fire? Uh, she's going to repeal the OIC, adopt the simplified uh, classification system, right? It, it was the same as McKay and O'Toole, basically, okay. in a yeah. nutshell. Right? Okay. I think they're all reading from the same book there. Yeah, yeah. And Lewis doesn't have a PAL. She was in the course for it in December. And then because of the leadership and stuff, she had to cancel taking her PAL course, but she's on the short list to get into it as soon as the course is open back up in Ontario. So why are the others a bad choice? Uh, Sloan, nobody wants him. He made some comments about immigration years ago, and, and media is going to eat him alive. Even the Conservative Party has tried twice to legally block him from the leadership, and he's going through court with them and stuff like that. Uh, the other two guys, personally, I feel McKay's a, a red Tory. I like O'Toole. Now, red but, Tory. Uh, I uh, don't like the idea of a red Tory, but a red Tory either. may get us 
traditional liberal voters. Just for the people on the podcast who don't understand, what is a red Tory? Oh, it's a, a conservative um, member who is, has a lot of liberal views and opinions. That red color, red, the liberals are red, the conservatives are blue. So a red Tory is a Tory that has a lot of liberal ten- tendencies. Would you agree, Gallon? Yeah, another definition yeah, but, of red Tory. Uh, sums no? it up nicely. Okay. Is, it, I can't is say this it on specifically the show. progressive on social issues, or or because there's a, it's an entire idea of financially conservative, socially progressive. Is that what a red Tory is? Uh, not necessarily. It can be on any issue, like like McKay with the the milk cartel and the supply management. Right, he's trying to suck whole liberal voters. They're going to take out just like they did in the last leadership campaign. They're going to take out memberships because they want to vote for the guy that's not going to pull that little show apart for them. But they're going to vote liberal because they always do, right? They're just strategically taking out leadership so they can get their guy in. So no matter who wins, conservatives, liberal, we're protecting the supply management in Quebec. That's why they're pulling those memberships out. So uh, I, I, I think that if it came down to, to McKay or O'Toole, I think we're just going to see a replay of the last election we had here in Canada where media just ignored him, right? I mean, most people couldn't tell you what Sheer looks like because he got no airtime, right? Trudeau bought the media so they can ignore these guys, and all they play is the couple of bad sound bites they have of them. They don't give them any positive coverage. The election rolls around, and nobody really knows who they are. I wasn't crazy about Sheer. Uh, I, I was lukewarm on him at best. I mean, I'm going to support the team no matter what, but – at the end of the day, he was a better candidate than they let on he was. They just, everybody ignored him in the media. And then another move I haven't been liking by the conservatives is a lot of them refuse to sit down with rebel media, right? And they've got a bit of a reputation and stuff, but you don't refuse any positive PR, right? If rebel media is going to spin the conservatives as something positive, right? Sit down with them. And when Trudeau and the, the, the free shit army start yelling and screaming, oh my God, they're Nazi radio. Like just blow them off. Right. That's it. Right. You get CBC and we get the rebel. That's is what it is. And slam fire radio. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like realistically speaking, uh, McKay and, uh, O'Toole are, are in the lead. Um, for the party leadership. Um, one of them is probably going to take it. Um, I don't think they're going to beat Trudeau at the next election. If it's anytime soon, yeah. like uh, if there's an election there's, tomorrow, he gets his majority back. Oh, easily. Yeah. I, I would say in the next cup, the next like half year, he's probably got it because there's just, there's just no way to get around the fact that he bought like a, a ton of votes just by uh, willy nilly handing out cash. I think he did another $500 to all the seniors uh, uh, today or yesterday. So, I mean, it's, he's, he's bought, he's bought the election for uh, uh, the short term. If, if it's long a long term, maybe it's going to run this fall. Everybody's rumoring about a fall election because of that, right? Get the election in, he can get his majority and then the bills come due, but he still has four years to clean up. Right. And I mean, we really don't remember what happened last week. So uh, I think this is why it's important that we try a different candidate, right? We need a different strategy. We, we got more votes, but just the way the seats fall, the Liberals still took the government in the last election. So I think if we had a good rounded candidate and we can tap into some new demographics, importantly, tap into some new demographics, I think we'd have a good shot at this election. Yeah. 
And they like the only reason I care is I just want the party that won't screw with the gun things, and the conservatives are the only party that will won't. Every other party has some sort of anti-gun platform. The NDP, the Greens, the Liberals. The NDPs might be convinced to change that if enough of their membership uh, told them to. I don't think the Liberals ever will. It's just part of their playbook. Their their playbook includes gun control, and uh, it will um, until they're not a party anymore. Cool. Anywho. Anything else, Gallon, on this topic, which you did uh, a really excellent job with, by the way. Thank you for uh, wanting to come on and talk about it. I'm not big on the politics or whatever, but uh, you can't talk guns without talking politics. That's just the way it is, and you did do a good job. Anything yeah, else right. to I, add? I think it's uh, I think it's important. Uh, it's too late now if you're not a member of the Conservative Party already. I took out a membership, so I can Did you hear anything? Like, I... I I went to the website and I joined and it was like five years for 50 bucks and I sent them my money and I ain't heard nothing. I'm glad they're not calling me, but I was getting some drop emails from the candidate that I signed up through. And, uh, I was just like junk folder these, right? I want to read their platforms. I want to watch the CCFR town halls. But yeah, I'm tired of getting an email every second day going, give me some money. Give me some results. That. Right? Weird. Give me results. Hmm. I'll give you some money. Right. I, I paid yeah. my fifteen bucks and that's all you're getting out of me until I see some real changes at the federal level and the gun laws. Yeah. If yeah. I got money to give yeah. it going to the CCFR for their challenge. Yeah, true story. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you, Gallon. Now let's get into uh, listener feedback, for which you brought to us anything. <laughs> I miss your face. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot blowing, park rising, and Cerakote finishes as well as wood refinishing. Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms, accessories, optics, and more at www.dcgunsmith.ca. You can also follow him on the Facebooks and the Instagram. This first one comes to us from Chris. Hi, looking for another episode of the show. <laughs> Sorry. Hi. Looking forward to another episode of the show. Notice he doesn't say which show. He just kind of left that. He said show. It could be any show. I have a, uh, I have a question you may be able to answer. Some provinces announced recently that they plan to have their own firearms officer like Ontario. Huh. And they're hyped about it. Okay. Well, every, uh, every province has a CFO's office and every province has a CFO that's appointed. Some of them are actually the RCMP, like Ontario, and in other provinces like New Brunswick, it's a bureaucrat that's appointed, and now Alberta will be going that way as well. So And Saskatchewan. And Saskatchewan. Yeah. I wonder what difference it would make. No difference. They still have to apply the Firearms Act. Uh, um, so yeah. ATTs might be easier to get, or uh, the other thing what that might happen... Easier to get. They're legally obligated to give it to you. So what do you mean on by On what easier? time frame? On what right, time so, frame? Do they take it by email? Can I just email in and say like, yo, I'm going here. Do I even need to email? Them? So does a new CFO come into work and say, all right, y'all been dragging your asses uh, about the EMTs on purpose. You need to stop delaying them for the sake of delaying them. Well, they're or not really delayed in, a, in Alberta. Alberta has been pretty good so far. Right. Um, I think the places where you could make a difference, if you if you appointed in your CFO and they were quote unquote one of, one of your guys, uh, the differences could be in... Uh, hey, do you need a range membership to get your restricted uh, transfers done? Do you need a range membership to get a restricted firearms license? Yeah. Yes. 
Well, you Absolutely. don't. Not according in to the Ontario, Farms Act. In Ontario, you don't. And you know why? Because they sued them. Nope. Yes, they, there was okay, a lawsuit well, in Ontario right. on that. So here's, you know, here's, uh, I don't, I shouldn't have said nope so quickly. Let me uh, tell you the the version of this that I am uh, told. Mm-hmm. To have a restricted firearm transfer into your name, you have to be a member of a gun club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not the Firearms Act. John Gould here in New Brunswick sued them and won successfully on a couple of occasions and was able to get restricted firearms transferred in his name without having joined a gun club. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's precedent setting. Other people who sued the CFO have reached out to him for advice and help and, and all that stuff. He represented himself. He took Doyle to court, Brian Doyle, the former CFO, several times. The reason why he won is because it's not in the Firearms Act. Now, the CFOs have their discretionary powers, and this is one of the things that they all gotten got on board on at one of their CFO meetings is that they're going to require people to be members of gun clubs to get their ATTs. Okay, now mm-hmm. in Ontario, it's almost impossible to join a gun club. They're all limited in how many members they take, and they're all basically full. So people in Ontario started to join clubs outside of their own province just to check this box and jump through this hoop. Mm-hmm. Silverdale would sell a, a membership to anyone in the country. It became like a business for them as a means of screwing over the CFO of this stupid policy. And I say, good on them. And um, they put a stop to it and simply said, uh, you don't have to be a member of a gun club. You have to be trying to join one. Now, I don't know what proof they require in Ontario that you're trying to join a gun club, but that's, I uh, didn't know about the lawsuit, Adriel. That's the version of the story I had both, I think, interesting. So anyway, you can get around. No, uh, not a guy named Dan took them to court over that in Ontario. His name's Daniel B. Mm-hmm. And uh, he won against the CFO on that. And that's what changed it. Dan Belosky. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, and, other, uh, the other thing you could do is there's a bunch of guys with uh, prohib firearms that can't get an ATT to the range. Maybe they can get ATTs to the range now. Well, they don't need an ATT to the range. It's attached to their license. It's the short-term ATTs we have to apply for. The uh, long-term ATT no, to go to the range went away with pro- the... Uh, prohibs. Prohibs like prohib rifles, prohib pistols. Because as far as I know, pro- the prohib rifles are... Uh, you can't take those. Prohib rifles don't leave the house. Prohib pistols right. are covered the same as restricted pistols. So restricted firearms just automatically in your long-term ATT. You're allowed to take them to the range. There's not a special prohib pistol ATT. But there's no way of because your ATT your used to say rifle. that's right. Your prohib rifle can never leave the house because there's ATT no ATT. And I'm not saying I'm not talking about the ones that have just been prohibited. The correct. old prohibited ones, yes, like you got correct. some old German sub. They were never allowed like out of the house. It's not since 1995. The ATT that we used to get to go to our own ranges every year before they got rid of them with the Common Sense Firearms Act used to say this ATT is good for all restricted and prohibs. Hmm. So when we got our long-term ATT con- attached as a condition of our license, that they uh, it included your prohib pistols. Okay, so he carries. He continues. He said, so even owning, uh, even having own firearms office will not allow a local rule that certainly federal banned firearms are okay in that territory. Talking about provinces and territories have to follow federal firearms rules. That's correct. Mm -hmm. Although I heard a local gun store today, although I heard a local gun store today that I am wrong, 
I'm no. going to read that again. It's, it, I broke it up in a really weird way. He says, um, some provinces announced recently that they, that they plan to have their own firearms office officer like Ontario. Okay. So again, they all already have their own CFOs office. They already already all have their own CFOs and they're hyped about it. I wonder what difference would it make? Zero difference. Provinces and territories have to follow the federal, federal firearms rules, right? Correct. So even having their own firearms office will not allow local rules that certain federal firearm banned firearms are okay in that territory. That's correct. They cannot undo the provincial CFO administers the firearms act, but he can't change the firearms act. He can't unban something. Although I heard a local gun store today, I'm wrong. Well, a local gun store today, I'm not sure what they said you were wrong about, but the CFO is not going to unban guns. If that's the ultimately what you're wondering of uh, a plug. I read a great book recently. Not an easy read, but so much great info and advice. I highly recommend. Sold out at Indigo, but available to order directly from the author. No More Mr. Nice Guy by Barry Holland. I don't know anything about it. And that comes to us from Chris. And that was our only email. Yeah. So um, like, having, having your own appointed CFO, um, there might be like a couple little nice things. There, there are some discretionary powers that a CFO has. Um, they're not usually, huge. They're they not huge. Those, yeah, they're not huge, and usually they use those to add, not take away legislation or or policy. Yes. Oh, good news! Our CFO. Remember, I was talking about how reasonable they are. Our range recertification expires August thirty first, twenty twenty. So we're hosting the nationals in 2021. So this year was a big year. Like we were like, Oh my God, we got a couple of events we can't cancel. So I canceled SummerSlam because I didn't think I could handle SummerSlam and range recertification. Well, not that we could hold SummerSlam anyway, because a lot of the provincial borders are going to stay closed. So it probably wouldn't be all that well at, uh, attended. But anyway, we got, we got notice from the CFO that they've extended our certification by a year. Oh, so now, nice our, yeah, very nice of them. Now our range, it's just reasonable, common sense stuff, right? With all we're going through, getting the range recertified is A, not a priority for the volunteers. B, it's going to be difficult to get the work done because some of these contractors aren't back to work, et cetera, and so on. So good on them. You know, this is this is the common sense I've come to expect from the New Brunswick CFO's well, office. Would you have to make changes based on how your range is set up right now? The range, when your, when your range needs to be recertified, one of the things they do is they measure the angle of your berms because your <laughs> berms sag and erode and all that stuff. There's also trees that grow on the, on the backstops or the, that need to be removed. There's large rock that comes to the surface that needs to be removed. So whenever they're coming in to, to recertify your range, you need to familiarize yourself with the range standards and then go make sure your range is up to code. Like if an inspector is coming, it's a good idea to know what he's going to inspect when he arrives. Mm -hmm. So are my berms between 35 and 40 degrees? Is there rock bigger than a golf ball? Are there trees, et cetera? New Brunswick has its own range standards. We don't follow the federal guideline. We have our own and they're actually more stringent than the federal because we are a no danger range. 
There are danger ranges that use a template that expect rounds to leave the, the property of the range. And then there are no danger ranges where rounds are not supposed to leave. As a result, our berms are higher and have different angles than the federal. So that's the work that needs to be done, Adriel. Our berms need to be rebuilt. Yeah, that sounds fairly straightforward. I know that so. some of some of the some of the CFO um, inspectors will uh, will push for additional things uh, frequently. So they'll push for like ground baffles and no uh, visible sky and a bunch of other things, depending on the range, depending on the inspector. On the, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess that's that's one other thing that the CFO might have some influence over. Yes, is, uh, they're responsible is some of for that. the certification and ranges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would be nice if that wasn't uh, a total gong show because we had so like uh, I, th I think I've I've heard some stories of some of the ranges that have uh, have had some real nonsense thrown at them by uh, yeah because by the inspectors. Got, yeah, the inspectors typically aren't gunnies and they're just bean counters and they're just looking at the the numbers in the book and they don't understand how they apply in the real three dimensional world, and it can be a nightmare. Mm -hmm. So, um, we had a bunch of inspectors quit one time because, you know, working for Doyle was a nightmare because he was an idiot. So, um, it caused a real delay in our recertification because the inspectors quit and then didn't submit their reports. So, all the ranges had to be re-inspected. Re Speaking of the boss being a dumb dumbass, um, did you guys hear Glenn Motts accuse the Blair of some sort of shenanigans with the license printing? No. in parliament he I heard uh he destroyed him but i didn't hear any details um well this is this was part of it um he was saying like did you guys ban shotguns he's like well no this was just assault weapons he's like well you did ban shotguns what about any 22s any 22s in there well no there was like some yeah you got some 22s in there too so he yeah he did that whole thing uh, but then he also like the last thing he mentioned uh was hey i heard that uh, this license printer that the printers that uh, that went down didn't have to go down, and someone actually made that call to take those printers down. Um, and really, he had no knowledge of that, but um, it was kind of interesting. I didn't know where that came from. That's greasy. Well, so sometimes that happens in like power generation, for example, if the price of power isn't high enough uh, and you're a power generator. You say like, oh, we have to take our power plant down for maintenance and we're going to maintain and really it just jacks the power, the price of power up because now this uh, isn't, isn't in play. So uh, is the RCMP choosing to not print licenses? Yep. Anyways, I wouldn't, I wouldn't entertain a, a theory like that, but a member of parliament brought it up. So I thought mm. I'd mention it on the show. Yeah. And not a lame duck either. He's good. Yeah. So, yeah. Emails. As I said, that was our only email. If you'd like to contribute to the emails next week, you can do so by writing us at slamfireradio at gmail.com. An address so easy, even Gallon can remember it. You guys should ask for more of me. I can come here all the time, but we're going to have to change the day to Friday or Saturday to fit my schedule. So it is what Gallon, it is. Gallon, shut up. Do you, what's in your rider? Do you have like brown, brown M&Ms, oh, anything like yeah, that? Mimosas. Mimosas. Okay. Yeah, I like mimosas. Mm -hmm. uh, cigarettes. Menthol. Slims. Preferably, preferably menthols. Super slims. A lot of people really like your flag there. You got the don't tread on me uh, goose in the background there. Yeah. Love it. That's a cobra chicken. The cobra chicken. Cobra. It's a very angry cobra chicken. It is. It is. I'd like to finish the show now if that's okay. Go sure. ahead, Trevor. Go for Thank it. Thank you, gentlemen. 
typically I would have just told you to shut the F up, but you know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to be nice. Are you? I already caused one host to quit tonight. I mean, I can't have our guests do the same. Um, review. I wasn't coming on if you didn't have a beard. <laughs> Man, you look bad. That's fair. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Hey, look, it only took a week. It's back. Calm down. I know. I like it. You look good. You look fantastic. Thanks, brother. So uh, we got a new Patreoni. This is actually a personal friend of mine, somebody that I graduated high school with. Awesome person. Uh, her name is Jessica B, and uh, she is supporting us for five bucks a month. That's wicked. And I also enjoy she'll often send me messages throughout the show, um, poking fun at me and trying to distract me. It's always good fun. So. Thanks for listening, Jess, and thanks so much for being a Patreoni. If you would like to be as cool as Jessica B, you can do so by um, going over to Patreon and signing up for as little as a dollar a month or 50 BMG a month, whatever. You'll receive some patches and a sticker in the mail and from time to time bonus content. Another way that you can support us is if you're going to go shop at Cabela's, and you should only after shopping at the Calgary Shooting Center, you can go to Cabela's by visiting the link on our website. So if you go to our website first, find the Cabela's link, click on that, and make a purchase at Cabela's, we get a kickback. So that's awesome. Shoutouts. My first one goes out to the winning team at Phoenix and the staff at the Calgary Shooting Center. Thank you again for making me a staff shooter for you guys and hooking me up with an amazing pistol. And I can't wait to get out and shoot some Ipsic matches and represent and uh, just thanks for all the support. I really appreciate it. Uh, and Jeff, of course, right? Um, oh, that reminds me. Jeff sent me that new sear cage, Adriel. I'm going to test that out. Oh, yeah. See that if that's, be easy. If, That'll be easy fix. If it's a direct fit, I hope it just drops in. It'll be fine. But if i got to fit it, i got to fit fine. it. It'll be fine. Totally be fine. Just put it in. Go directly to a match. Don't even test it. No, I don't need to. No. Look at my shirt. This shirt says, I don't Pro. test. Pro <laughs> is what the shirt says. Uh, what about Labor you, Adriel? Do you have any shout-outs? Uh, yeah, it's Andrew Blundell from uh, uh, Vice President at Chaz. He got on that uh, Alberta Firearms Advisory Committee. So it's fantastic news. It's good I've guy. had my name put forward to be on the New Brunswick one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris, um, former club president, resigned and recommended me for this part of the province because we have regional representation and uh, mm-hmm. they acknowledged the receipt from Chris and I emailed them about it and stuff and I ain't heard nothing since so mm-hmm. we shall see anyway okay well that's good congratulations to him um, all right the other two are gone so that means you Gallon. do you have any uh, any shout outs uh, I would shout out Justin but he's not going to the range with me this week so he's basically Lame. dead to me now uh, Irish Will, Christina, Janet, I know they're all turning in, so say hi Irish to everybody. Will. Irish Will's awesome. I'm going to bring him up this summer at some point. Once the border's open, I'm going to go to Nova Scotia and kidnap him and then bring yeah. him up. Perfect. Yeah. Just watch out. He likes to steal underwear. Okay. As long yeah. as it's not my wife's. If yeah, I he's a weird guy. If I catch him in my wife's under my drawer, that's where I'll leave him. So that's it. Other than That's that, it. look forward to seeing. Uh, didn't I meet him once before? I don't know. Not with me. No. Pick your nose. No, I'm scratching the side of it. I remember he uh, he commented on the fact that you were feeding me bacon once on the air. So you were hungry. 
Yeah, Chris, I didn't want you to get angry. Right, good man. What we do on the road, take care of each other. Absolutely. Um, yeah, man, I miss us traveling to matches. That needs to yes. be a thing again. Yeah, well, as soon as you guys can beat the uh, the Rona up there, oh, the no, rest we're of good. the province is fine. We're open You're good now. now. Yeah. So here's here's where we're at. There are I thought they had active. new cases yesterday. Listen, listen, there are 15 active cases, all directly traceable to Dr. Death, right? What an idiot. Because they are... Can I give him a di- shout out? Because they're all directly traceable to him. Um, and we have 300 people in quarantine. The rest of us are free. The um, doc, the uh, who's the head for the province for the medical health authority? Yeah, the the lady there. Yeah, yeah I know yeah. What you mean. She has said, "Get off zone five is back. Everybody can come and go now into zone five. Three thousand people have been tested. Three hundred people are in quarantine. Yes, there are fifteen cases." but they're all accounted for. They're all in quarantine or being treated and they're all directly traceable to him. We will unfortunately stay in orange in this zone only until we go 14 days with a new case. But as long as we get a new, if we do get a new case, it'll start the 14 day clock over and, and we'll stay in orange as long as it's traceable to him. If it's not traceable to him and it's like a community spread case or whatever then we go into red i don't think we're going to go into red they got 300 people in lockdown Three thousand people have been tested um it's all good did you get tested oh yeah did you really i hear yeah, it's, it's a small town like, they, i imagine they tested everyone there it, for like three days straight adriel it was like testing for 12 hours a day a gallon you were in and out in 20 minutes man you you got in line the the we were at the civic center in camelton or the arena in dalhousie the, it was so professionally done so well run my hats off to those people who put in the long hours to get the testing done um it's rarely have ever seen a government operation work with such efficiency it was really well done and within 24 hours, um, they called me. And after they called me, I could go online and see my results online. So it was, uh, it was all good. Yeah. Cool. So. Yeah. My coworker went and got checked and he did the, uh, he took a night off work for it. Cause he got checked right for a shift and they're like, well, you can't go anywhere for 24 hours cause he's a boomer. So he wanted to get checked mm-hmm. and, uh, he was fine. He didn't have the Kung flu, mm-hmm. but, uh, we haven't had a lot of cases down here. Like I live in a rural part of the southeast of the province and we've had like no cases in my community so everything's super normal i actually went to a store in town yesterday for the first time and i seen like lines on the floor and people like you're walking down the aisle like a jackass people are jumping out of your way because you're not wearing a face mask this is my first exposure i haven't been to a store since like getting a march i mean when we had no active cases in the province i i was walking around completely normal doing my thing um I got tested because, like, I know there was a lot of um, flack coming from the southern part of the province about the people up north and stay up there. And a store in Fredericton closed because two assholes from up here went shopping. And, oh, my God, they closed the store and got the employees tested. And so it's like we're a bunch of lepers up here now, right? Yes. Um, I had For many going, reasons. I had been going to the RC track outside of Bathurst a couple of times, so... I went and got tested so he would have peace of mind that I didn't drag the COVID to his place and he went and got tested. And so 
But yeah, man, was I ever happy when I was listening to the mayor's press conference last night or the night before when they said, no, 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 we're good to go. We can start traveling again. Yeah, there are cases, but they're, they're, it's all accounted for. It's all under control. It is what it is. So now, unfortunately, the first death happened in New Brunswick this morning. And again, Ooh, I didn't hear that. Yeah. And that man contracted the disease by Dr. Death. That's why I'm calling him Dr. Death now. So in my not so humble opinion, this prick is directly responsible for that man's death. He may not yeah. have known that he had the cor- the COVID, but he broke the quarantine rule. He knowingly crossed in and out of Quebec that's crawling with COVID and did not self-isolate when he came home, did not put himself in quarantine when he came home. I don't want to debate the reasons why he went to Quebec, whether he should or shouldn't have gone to Quebec. That's not at issue here. At issue is when he returned from Quebec, he didn't isolate. And as a result, he spread COVID throughout the community. 15 new cases and now a death. If he had quarantined when he got home, this man would be alive. And because he did not quarantine, he gave this man COVID and now this man is dead. Please explain to me how he is not responsible for that death. I'll wait. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I was talking to somebody about it down here, a local, and uh, I said, like, Matt, like the province had no cases for almost a month. And then this guy, being a jackass, goes to Quebec, comes back. Oh, I'm a doctor. I don't need to isolate. And he goes and he spreads it around, right? If my grandma got it or something, and I have family in Restigouche County, I'd be raging. Like, I'd be mm-hmm. crazy mad because literally, like, you gave it to this guy. He gave it to my grandma. My grandma died. And now I'm pissed off, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, my family's all fine. That's in Restigouche County. And most importantly, Trevor's fine. That was my. That's why I came on the show tonight, make sure he didn't have the Rona. <laughs> <laughs> but uh man what a piece of work that guy is like you guys should run him out of town for real well i mean some of the things that are being said are are, are downright horrible um <laughs> i said he should be lynched before i knew he was a man of color so i'll never ever <laughs> say that about him again that was a, what an unintentional faux pas on my oh, part. You never put people, your foot in your mouth you never <clears throat> yeah people are making it about race and the fact that he's an immigrant i'm like none of that has anything to do with anything oh by the way i was interviewed by the new york times new york times was creeping me on facebook and saw some comments that i made on the Hamilton community concerns page i don't even know what comments or what post i saw but after they read my post they sent me a PM and said, hey, would uh, I saw your comments on the Campbell Community Concerns page. Would you like to do an interview? So I did like a 30-minute interview with the New York Times. You didn't mention that? You didn't think like that was interesting to mention? No? I just really? mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I was quoted in the New York Times. But back to, back to this. Back to this. Yeah. <laughs> 15 cases in sleepy New Brunswick. Yeah. No, back to the sign-off. So, yes, uh, yes. And be sure to join uh, one of our national firearms associations, such as the CCFR. Be sure to support them in their uh, legal court challenge. They need, I mean, we're taking on the government and the government has uh, unlimited financial resources because they're using our tax dollars to pay for this. So we need to um, redirect some of our money to the CCFR so we can sue the bastards. Mm -hmm. Be sure to check us out on Gun Owners of Canada the nicer, friendlier version of CGN. And like us on CGN, we're up to 2,667. That's all. That's pretty good. On Facebook. Pretty good. Yeah, we're up to that. Yeah, Facebook, Trevor, not CGN. What did I say? Uh, nobody likes us on CGN. Like us on, like us on, on Facebook. And um, 
also, you might want to consider speaking to your MP, your uh, MLA, and your um, city councilor if your town is talking about some kind of crazy firearms ban so they can get some attention as well. Even so if they're not talking about it, because you might you might think it's all fine and then this thing gets rolled out in your sleepy little uh, municipality enacts it. Yep. It's possible. So, I mean, it, we, we, it's, it, we know it's in the plans. It's in the plans right now for Trudeau to roll this out. Um, Blair was also talking about potentially like some additional storage laws. Uh, they didn't sound like there's central storage, but they sounded like uh, additional rules around how the uh, restricted handguns are stored. Oh yeah. Like, and um, they'll, they'd like to go the whole um, Australia route, you know, where the gun and the ammo can't be anywhere near each other. The ammo has to be locked up. They find a loose round. You can be charged, et cetera, and so on. So yeah. yeah. They they're going for it, man. The sky is actually falling. So, I, you know what? One one person. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I keep interrupting the the no, sign off here, but to talk. To uh, one person that I was talking to was saying, like, you know what? I don't think they'll ever ban everything because this is like this is their one like key platform piece that they always talk about gun control. And if they just banned them all, what's next? What else do they got to talk about? It's always that, that like, and if you look at, at the, st- the half steps they always take, it's always been like that. It's always been, we're going to ban some of the pistols, but not all the pistols. And we're going to ban some of the rifles, but not all the rifles. And even with this latest one, this is like as close to random, uh, only the politically powerful firearms that they're banning. They're banning the, the black scary ones. It has, it's like nothing to do with banning all guns. It has everything to do with, uh, what can we do to get votes this time around by running on some sort of gun ban? And AR-15s are scary in the states. Let's ban those. Doesn't have anything to do with like nothing, nothing, yeah. not a thing. No, yeah. not a thing. Um, yeah. I uh, also, before we go, want to let the listeners know we have a microcast coming up on Saturday morning this time. Uh, Jordan from the Nighttime po- Podcast has been following the Nova Scotia shooting case very closely. He's put out three episodes on the story so far. Adriel's got a lot of interest in this case as well. And um, so I thought we need to get these two guys together to discuss it. And I thought maybe the listeners would also enjoy hearing about it. So we're going to do a microcast Saturday morning, 11 p.m. or 11 a.m. Atlantic time. Jordan from the Nighttime Podcast will be on. And uh, Adriel will be on. I might even show up. And, Wait, uh, 11 a.m. your time. It's like 2 p.m. your time. Is that the way it goes? I think it goes the other way. You guys are later than me. We need to do this at like 1 your time, 11 oh. my time, or like 2 your time. What time is time. it there right now? I went it's backwards. 642. You want to do it 2 p.m. your time? No. Like, oh, well, 11, what? 1 noon somewhere around there Italy. okay we'll work this out off the yeah end. yeah all right see you next week everybody so if you have any comments or questions for the show please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com now go grab a gun and shoot something when the talking is over it's time to get a gun